Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. In today's episode, we will be discussing the Archangel Samael. Samael is one of the archangels that has a bit of a mixed reputation in the occult world. Um, He is one of the planetary archangels and essentially has very similar properties and characteristics to the archangel Kamael. He is considered to be a protective angel who can also bring strength, endurance, courage and fortitude as well as the ability to overcome challenges and face our fears. Samael is known as the Dark One of God, um, but one thing to remember when you're kind of talking about these angelic beings is the name ends in L, E-L, which means God. So in other words, we're talking about a messenger from the divine whose name carries this element of testing, of you know destruction, but also carries that um, that changing aspect and that testing aspect as a power of the highest divine. So it is the, the testing that we need in order to kind of become stronger and be better able to kind of deal with problems, etc. In terms of stories and myths, there's quite a lot of stories and legends surrounding this archangel. Um, Samael was originally thought of as an angel of death and was considered an evil angel in some traditions. Um, In certainly the Talmudic and post-Talmudic law, Samael is often portrayed as the accuser or the adversary or the seducer um, stroke destroyer and has various different titles including severity of God, false accuser, Melira, king of the wicked, messenger of evil, lord of the wall, elect of evil and left hand of God. Samuel also interestingly has the title blind God which is interesting um, from a Gnostic perspective as blindness was often seen as ignorance which is the epitome of sin um, in the kind of Gnostic tradition and this is something Richard Webster talks about in his dictionary of angels when he says the following. There is an alternative reason for Samael's name, Blind God. When Moses died, he was reluctant to give up his soul. Samael was sent to retrieve it, and Moses hurt him so badly with his staff that Samael became blind. God sent Gabriel, Mikael, and Zagzagel to help Samael retrieve Moses' soul. Samael is also one of the seven archangels, uh, the ruler of over the fifth heaven, and is considered to be leader of the destroying angels and this idea is expressed well in a passage from the Gedulat Moshe or the revolution revelations of Moses which describes Samuel as follows in the last heaven Moses saw two angels each 500 parasangs in height forged out of chains of black fire and red fire the angels Af anger and Hema wrath whom God created at the beginning of the world, to execute his will. Moses was disquieted when he looked down upon them, but Metatron embraced them and said, 
Moses, Moses, thou favourite of God, fear not and be not terrified. And Moses became calm. There was another angel in the seventh heaven, different in appearance from all of the others, and of fruitful mane. His height was so great it would have taken five hundred years to cover a distance equal to it, and from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet he was studded with glaring eyes. This one, said Metatron, addressing Moses, is Samael, who takes the soul away from man. Whither goes he now? asked Moses. And Metatron replied, to fetch the soul of Job the pious. Thereupon Moses prayed to God in these words, O may it be thy will, my God and the God of my fathers, not to let me fall into the hands of this angel. So this description, as I said, it's from the Gedulat Moshe. Um, and I think what they're talking about when they talk about the eyes, this is uh, one of the things they mention in connection to Samael as being um, having 12 wings and covered with precious stones and crystals. So we have this kind of dichotomy when describing Samael. On the one hand, he's often portrayed as this kind of evil, sort of fallen angel. But on the other hand, he's very much considered a good angel and that his role is similar to the role of Judas, for instance, um, acting as the means for man to overcome challenges or in some traditions they would say sin. Um, and it's very much this kind of adversary aspect. So he's giving you the opportunity to face those dark fears, do that shadow work and find that true strength, that true light that sits within. In some of the Talmudic texts, he has um, quite harsh duties. Um, as I said, he's being depicted as the main angel of death, similar to modern ideas of the Grim Reaper and a tempter of mankind. And this is a quote from the Torah. My entire domination is based on killing. And if I accept the Torah, there will no longer be wars. My rule is over the planet Mardim, Mars, that indicates spilling of blood. And that's from the Zohar. In the Greek apocalypse of Baruch, um, he's also a kind of dominant figure in there and seen as quite a sort of evil character as well. So he's, he's depicted as planting the tree of knowledge and is then banished and cursed by God. And he takes revenge by tempting Adam and Eve by disguising himself as a serpent. Sometimes this is described as him riding a serpent as his mount. And that's quite interesting if we kind of think about the serpent in the Kabbalah as representative of the path of the serpent and also this sort of deep wisdom and knowledge and experience of the Kundalini energy. And I just wanted to quote from this book as well, the Greek Apocalypse of Baruch. Samael was the great prince in heaven after God created the world Samael took his band of followers and descended and saw the creatures that God had created. Among them he found none so skilled to do evil than the serpent, as it is said. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild beasts. Its appearance was something like that of a camel, and Samael mounted and rode upon it, riding on the serpent. The angel Samael came to Eve in the night and seduced her, and she conceived Cain. So as we've seen in our discussion in our introductory episode on the Tree of Life um, uh, last year, there were two paths on the on the Tree of Life known as the path of the sword and the path of the serpent. The sword path or the lightning flash um, represents this downward path of the divine as it manifests on earth. And this is the way of creation, but it's also associated with the, the pillar of um, severity. So think about it from a manifestation point of view of energy descending down through the emanations of the um, different sephiroth 
means energy changing from you know being a kind of pure force into form so it's a death in a way and then obviously the path of the serpent is this upward striving of from the material back to its ancient origins which is known as the way of return or the kind of pillar of mercy so it's this release from the the constrictions of the saturnian universe that we find ourselves in um, back to that kind of purer um, state so in that story about samuel tempting adam and eve you can also see that he's kind of acting again as this sort of initiator of man into the mysteries of creation but also offering the secrets of the way back and this idea of him being initiator of knowledge is described quite well by samuel aon weor when he wrote the following when we look into the garden of eden we see that samuel rides on the serpent that serpent is the first letter of his name samek and that serpent is the divine mother kundalini the very energy of creation in the Bible, the serpent comes to tempt the woman in relation with the tree of knowledge. This indicates a very deep relationship between divine knowledge, the knowledge of God, the divine mother, death, water and the serpent. All of these things are deeply profound and the meaning is not easy to grasp. But what we can see is when we investigate the many traditions throughout the world, we find this tree and we always find it is related with the goddess. In the Egyptian tradition, Nut is the goddess of the tree of life, and we see pictures of her pouring out a liquid to sustain the life of her followers. That liquid is the beverage of God, the medicine of Samael. It is the ambrosia, amrita, or soma in Sanskrit terms. Soma gives the power of creation, the power of immortality. Immortality is the 13 arcanum, and emerges from the Divine Mother. Um, in some traditions, Samuel is also spoken of as being the father of Cain and the partner of Lilith. And again, this is this idea of him sort of seducing Eve after the fall. And he's also has various different war aspects associated with him. So he's also described as being the guardian angel, the patron of Rome and the kind of empire of Rome, which was obviously a very kind of warlike culture. In the first book of Enoch, Enoch 1, um, Samuel's mentioned as being one of the watchers who come down to earth to copulate with human women. And he also features in the ascension of Isaiah as the embodiment of evil. In later Talmudic and Midrashic literature, Samuel also features, um, particularly from like the 5th and 6th century onwards, he's kind of associated being more sort of closer to a sort of demonic entity. And in the Exodus of Abatai, he is also shown to be the accuser and the sort of tempter, so bringing about, making people want to commit wrongs and sin. But as I said before, this is very much this role as adversary. Um, in the Kabbalah as well, um, he is he's the archangel that's associated with the Sephira uh, Geburah, which is the fifth Sephiroth on the Tree of Life, and also the second on the on the pillar of form um, from going from Keta downwards and directly below the sphere of Bina. Um, obviously, Geburah is traditionally associated with the planet Mars and Martian qualities such as destruction and strengthening of forces of creation on the way down, but also the breaking up of things on the return journey. Um, a. Waite, who is a famous 
occultist and author around the 19th century and he was in the order golden dawn um described samael as being the severity of god in bria and also the false accuser in the zohar um, which is one of the kabbalah's main works samael is also described as being the leader of the divine forces of destruction and also part of the cliff off and which is kind of like the reverse aspects of the tree so you obviously got the light tree the tree of sapphires then on the other other side you have the other side the kind of darker tree everything has a kind of dualistic nature within the the tree of life and the kabbalah and he is mentioned in connection with that um, just to talk about that briefly as we've seen the tree of life is composed of 10 sephiroth or emanations of god each one representing a different facet of the light so we have Hokma, which is wisdom, Bina, which is understanding, Kesed, mercy, Gebura, severity, Tiferet, beauty, Netzach, victory, Hod, splendor, Yesod, the foundation, and Malkut, the kingdom. Um, what people don't tend to talk about so much is the this kind of other aspect to the tree behind it, which is known as the cliff off, representing this kind of absence of that divine light. The subject of the cliff off is a bit too big for this particular episode of the um, podcast, but I will be doing an episode on this in the future. Um, essentially, the dark side of the tree is called the tree of death, and it's essentially a diagram of the kind of evil or unbalanced forces of the cliff off. And cliff off is the Hebrew word for shells, so it's like this shell um, that exists behind the current um, Sephiroth, and you could almost consider it almost like a pre an earlier incarnation of that particular shell it's like the old form that um, didn't really work out and they dumped it and it's still kind of existing in that space and um, Samael and Lilith are often mentioned in relation to the cliff off um, however he is also associated from a Kabbalistic point of view to the sphere of Hod as well Samael is sometimes associated with the demon Lilith um, as I mentioned and Lilith is meant to have been created alongside Adam and later became Samael's bride. And through the union of Samael and Lilith, they have a host of children, including a son who's known as the Sword of Camel and also Asmodee. And another legend states also that the God castrates Samael so that he cannot have any children with Lilith, which is why he wants to fornicate with the women on the earth and so obviously generate these more kind of unbalanced forces um in the gnostic tradition as i said in the apocryphon of john uh which was part of the nag hamadi library samuel's the third name of the demiurge whose other names are also yaldabaoth and Saklas. and i just quote quickly now the archon who is weak has three names the first is yaldabaoth the second is Saklas, and the third is samuel and he is impious in his arrogance, which is in him. For he said, I am God, and there is no other God besides me. For he is ignorant of his strength, the place from which he had come. So in that context, again, we have this idea of the blind God, the theme of blindness running through and ignorance. And they also talk about him in the Gnostic text as being this kind of lion-faced serpent. So... Um, very interesting from that point of view and worth worth kind of studying those texts in a bit more detail if people are interested so just to finish up this episode i just wanted to kind of summarize really samuel's 
really kind of teaching us that when we when we seek to improve ourselves we seek higher knowledge or wisdom um, of the dark aspects of ourselves when we try to find that shadow self and understand it we really kind of begin to enter this state of gnosis which in turn um, is almost like a conflict in itself so we kind of move away from that common crowd or we enter that cave that we're afraid of and our ego our personality the thing that we kind of brought up with since children receives a huge shock and this tends to mean that most people don't really want to do shadow work because it's terrifying and it will make you feel pain and it will make you want to run away as well and so most people majority of people tend to try and avoid difficult things to avoid difficult situations difficult conversations or you know owning up to some bad aspects within themselves um but so all of that aspect is really kind of closely related to samael in terms of he he kind of forces you to, to face these things and address them and defeat them but um, the interesting thing is, obviously, when we do create that war within ourselves, it is to kind of work out problems within our personality and our ego so that we can really become the best person we can be. We can become a true warrior of light. And from that perspective, Samuel, I don't think, is, is that evil, but rather it's kind of carrying out that work and enabling us to face those dark aspects within ourselves and become stronger beings. And this is something that the Zohar mentions as well. I just wanted to finish to quote. So every single one of these causes shall not do anything unless it receives permission from the cause above it. The phrase, and there is no Elohim with me, Samael and the serpent, I kill and I make alive. I kill with my Shekinah, whoever is guilty, and I make alive with her, whoever is innocent. So when we work with Samael, when we work with this energy, when we work with this Martian forces, we're strengthening ourselves in order to be better people and to help others on the path. And that's really the kind of true work of the initiate is to help other beings find self-realization and also, also to serve rather than self-serve. And this is the kind of meaning that sits behind the, the Bodhisattva um, vow, which some of you might be aware of. And I just wanted to quote this to end this, the episode. May I be a guard for those who need protection, a guide for those on the path, a boat, a raft, a bridge for those who wish to cross the flood. May I be a lamp in the darkness, a resting place for the weary, a healing medicine for all who are sick. A vase of plenty, a tree of miracles, and for the boundless multitudes of living beings, may I bring sustenance and awakening, enduring like the earth and sky, until all beings are freed from sorrow, and all are awakened. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you very much. <laughs>